0: Thanks for joining me on the Football CFB podcast, Fraser. I'd like to start by asking, Fraser, you were born born in Aberdeen. Um, when and where did you start playing football? I
1: um, started playing, I was, my cousin's a couple of years older than me, so I was five and I was playing like on a Saturday just training with the schools because I wasn't in any school games at five year olds. So my cousin was uh, seven. So he was at a team called Glen Tanner. So I managed to get into that team. So it was two years above me um, and start playing games from, from five when they were seven. So that, that was my first team. and It was a good, a good experience, actually. I still remember it quite well.
0: When did you um, sign for Aberdeen? And when did you think you had a chance of becoming a professional? Uh, I
1: signed for Aberdeen... When I was 7 year old For uh, under, I think it was under 8 um, so I went a year ahead of myself And So that, that was good, so I done that Um and I probably, I probably knew I was going to go I knew I was going to go full time When I was about 13, 14 Just because every, every week I was able to Like Produce performances a year ahead of myself Um And sometimes i dropped down in my age group, which I eventually stayed in my age group, but under 14s. But I was just, I was ahead of everyone else, to be fair. I grew quicker than everyone else. But, and then obviously at 14, I just stopped growing. That's me still the same height now. But I probably knew at 13, 14, I I think I had a good idea that I was going to get a full-time contract.
0: Obviously, from there, you um, progressed Aberdeen and... When you made your debut in two thousand and nine against Hamilton, you were the youngest player in Aberdeen history. When did you know you were going to play in that game, and how did you feel?
1: Well, the manager's—I've um, been—I'd tra- I'd done well. That was my, so I was only in a couple of months, um, full time, and uh, I'd played a, a few youth games and I'd, I'd done really well. Um, just coming in from the summer or from school, and then the manager pulled us up for. I must have been training with the first team for a, a couple of weeks because of a few injuries. Um, and one day it was against Hamilton. Um, well, the week of the Hamilton game, he said, uh oh, I think it was a Thursday." He said, "Oh, you're going to come down to the game. You'll be in the squad." So I was thinking, "Right, like, here we go. Typical young boy, go down, get it, get it used to being with the boys. Like by experience, for me, great. Wasn't um, not thinking I was going to make the squad, and then. Um, eating we were eating pre-matching that and, so I'm stuffing my face thinking I'm not going to play like <laughs> just eating everything because you're no used to the, the, <laughs> the big amount of food you get um, that you get provided for you at football clubs and so I'm stuffing my face whatever I can just thinking I'm going to fill myself up for the game because I'll be in the stand so then managing also team talk just before we get on the bus um, to go to the Hamilton Aki Stadium and then um Starts naming the team. And I'm on the team sheet. I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm so nervous here. Like, <laughs> uh, but all the boys were brilliant with me. Like, I was Mark Kerr, Lee Miller, Charlie Mulgrew. I was Sonia Luco, Derek Young, da- uh, Darren Mackie, was Richard Foster, Jamie Langfield. Loads of experienced boys just came up to me like like just encouraging me, like all the way up until the game. And then I was nervous until kickoff, and then my nerves just went as soon as I touched the ball. And that, that was that was how I found out um about me starting my first my first game for, for Aberdeen.
0: Um obviously from there you um played in that match and you actually got man of the match that day. Did you leave the pitch that day thinking, God, this football's easy? <laughs>
1: no, definitely not. Um I couldn't get my second win for about forty minutes. <laughs> so I I think I was just running on adrenaline, but no, look, I look at a great experience at sixteen, um, and obviously I got man of the match. Um, I'm not so sure I was man of the match because we won three nil that day, and Sonia, Luke, and Chris McGuire were unbelievable. So um, I think um, they both scored as well. So, <clears throat> but I think uh, obviously just to play at sixteen and and do well in the game um, and show show a bit of composure that that, I've, that I had um, was really it was really good and really enjoyable experience.
0: Um, I'm interested to know you mentioned obviously guys like Charlie McGrew there um, Derek Young mm-hmm. and um, Lee Miller the other experienced boys what were they like to train with on a daily basis and what was the banter like in the dressing room with them? Oh the, the banter was top
1: notch um, to be fair obviously I was 16 so i had got since coming to school and you get all these especially like boys from down south uh, like you know what it's like it's it's proper it's proper banter, so um, I was obviously in for a bit of stick. I had a, I had one eyebrow. I had, oh, his barlet was terrible. So I was, I was in for a right bit of stick, but they were really good with me, you know. Um, Still up to this day, like I, I think myself, I, I walked into a, a top top dressing room at the time, and in uh, and training was brilliant as well because the, the standards they set every day in terms of. Like expectations of you, just because I was a young boy, they they didn't care I was young because they knew obviously I, I had the ability, and whoever came up that they that they liked, you knew because they gave you a hard time to to get up to the expectations that they expect. So, like Mark Kerr was brilliant with me. He he was obviously the captain there at the time, and um, he he was honestly uh, I couldn't have asked for somebody better just to kind of guide me through games and uh, just like. Just just the standards he set, and same with Charlie McGrew, Lee Miller. They they were all top top pros at the time. Like they wouldn't just go training and then jump in a car and go like go home. They would all be in the gym and that. So I'd just be following suit. So it was it was kind of that, and so I I think that at the time it it was really really good and positive just to just to be around them guys at the time because the standards they set.
0: In terms of um, the manager, how was the manager with you, and were you supported from the moment you got named in that first squad?
1: Yeah, Mark McGee was absolutely top with me. Um, same as assistants, uh, Scott Leach. They were they were brilliant with me. Um, I, like to just to take you into school, just to kind of, it was kind of I kind of liked it, the fact that he just chucked me into it. Um, I liked that, and he didn't kind of ease me in, he just chucked me in and says, right, go and play. He never put too much expectation, never gave me too much information in the games to, so I'd get confused, but he'd just tell me where to be at certain times, give me little little tips here and there, a little bit of information that he know I could handle at the time at 16. And I, I'd just go and play. And I, I would literally just go and play my own game on the pitch. That's what I, that's what I did, obviously, with, obviously within his, his formations or whatever, but I enjoyed it and obviously I'll, I think I went to play on about 20, 20 30 games that year,
0: I think Well, that's what I was going to come on to you. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I was going to come on to that You um, played um, As you say, 20 or 30 times for the team And you became the youngest ever Scorer in the SPL history Against Hearts at Tynecastle in January 2010, and you signed a new Three-year deal yeah. the next day Was that one of the best weeks of your life? Ah, that was. I thought I was on top of the world at that
1: point I honestly thought that I, I, things couldn't get any better. Um, obviously, scoring the goal, I think it was my first goal for the club as well. Well, it was the first goal for the club. Um, and just like, I, to be fair, somebody showed me it all the other week, and the celebration, it was like all the boys were delighted for me as well, being so young, scoring a goal at Timecastle, not an easy place to go. And um, it, it was it was a great experience. Um, and obviously signing a new deal the next day was—I was over the moon with just just to commit. up. Um, and obviously the club done so much for me when I was young. Um, had I had a great youth youth academy and still does to this day. And like you look, that people still there that that took me and um, I couldn't have asked for a better up, like upbringing through the youth system because we are a really good side. We are, we are loads. of Boys that went full time So it, it was really It was really excited playing. And then obviously go through And you play You get your debut And you try and Make your mainstay in the team
0: You mentioned um, The impressive youth system That Aberdeen Had when you were there yeah. And you still do now Was there any boys I'm <coughs> sorry Was there any boys you played with That you thought Had so much potential And could have made it But they never really made it In the professional game
1: Yeah, lots who who still oh, a few still playing, um, at high levels, like it was my youth team when I was younger, so I there's obviously boys like you, Mitch Megan, who I, I'm at Cove with us now. Yeah. He's obviously he scores goals for fun in this in this level. I thought he could've obviously um played higher but I think sometimes it comes down to a wee bit of luck and the right manager at the right time, be the right place at the right time. And you've got a boy, Jamie Masson, who's at Cove as well. There was a lad called Carl McRobbie. I think Man United wanted him at one point. He was unbelievable when he was younger. And then, same when he went full-time. And then, something he just dropped out. He just fell down the pecking order. It was strange, but that's what happens in football. It's like People grow at different levels. You see a lot of late developers coming through and taking... taking um, Taking over people now So It's As I said we, we had a very very good youth team That are still boys playing At a, a very high level Like Ryan Jack Kenny McLean was in the youth team Stephen O'Donnell um, All Scotland internationals
0: Obviously um, From there um, In 2010 You were absolutely flying And then You, you suffered a, a Cruciate ligament injury Against Alloa What was the pain like At the time yeah. when you received the injury And
1: how tough was it mentally and physically to take the fact that it was such a serious injury at a young age? That was horrendous because, as I say, I, I think at the time I'd I played a season. I wouldn't say I was brilliant in my first season. It was just more about getting games and getting used to it and being comfortable in the team. And Mark McGee gave me that platform to do that. And then second season I came in absolutely flying. Uh, and I mean, like, I was uh, I was the best I was ever playing. I was. I was in training, I was good in, in games. I felt as though like nobody could get near me. And then all away, snap, me went. It was, uh, this wasn't a nice experience. And then obviously nine months out um, was re- was really tough at that age. Just obviously from the highs I've had from the previous season, just to, and I was obviously a lot of clubs interested as well um, at the time. I think there was a few. There was, uh, there was definitely a few options that that window, but I was never leaving um, that window. I In terms was just of... wanted to stay and make my stay at Aberdeen, and obviously knee went. And well, you take it on the chin, but it, it was tough. It was tough mentally more than anything. I think um, I was lucky. I had John Sharp, the physio there, and Davy Wiley at the time. They, 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 they were the two that really got me through it. Um, just t- because they, they top top physios that had been there that, that dealt with players experienced players young players um, they'd been there I think it was like between them they had like 45 years experience so I couldn't ask for a better pair to, to get me back and they, they got me back before the end of the season funnily enough and I played three games before the end of the season it was kind of by the, the next season it was forgotten about a little bit
0: and
1: I think I went on to play
0: go on sorry um, obviously you mentioned that there was teams interested in you quite early which teams were they? Um, and yeah. were you aware of that interest? Was that was there any formal offers and was it always your intention to stay and develop at Aberdeen at that time?
1: Yeah, it was it was always my intention. Um I don't know I never got told all the clubs um that was interest because I, I didn't I didn't really care. Um at the time. I just wanted to, to make my stay at Aberdeen, obviously playing for your whole town clubs brilliant. It was, it was what I dreamt of, you know. Um And then, obviously it just gets taken away from you a little bit, but as I say, at the time, it it showed me that I was able to get through that kind of experience and go on and play again.
0: Well, absolutely, and as you say, you returned to the first team in um, May 2011, and from there, you re-established yourself as a regular in the first team again. After such a hard injury and a tough rehab, how good did it feel to be back playing and back to your best?
1: I don't think I got back to my best, you know. But in terms of back playing, I think that I, I don't think there's anything better than if anybody who plays professional football than, than walking out on a football pitch with a, with a crowd out there. Um, especially if it's your hometown team you've always wanted to play for, it, it means something different to you. But, um, it but even it doesn't matter if it's your hometown team or not, just that feeling of walking out on a football pitch in a stadium. There's a bit of pressure on you. There's a bit of tension between teams. Like, I, I thrived off that. I thought it was brilliant. And I loved every minute of it. And then, but I don't think I got back to my best that season. I think it took me that season to actually get over my injury and, like, put my fears out. Because I was obviously a little bit... Like, a few tackles came here and there. And then I wasn't quite sure about it. But then after... Probably after... It took me about 15 games, maybe, to get back to to really playing properly and then eventually
0: at the end of that season I, I got I think I got my move to Wigan that year in 2012 well, I was actually going to come on to that as well obviously you got back playing you were in the team and you made it pretty clear that when you were leaving Aberdeen you wanted to move on to England why England and
1: yeah.
0: um, and who was it that contacted you um, to sign for Wigan and before Wigan came in for you was there any interest from the old firm in Scotland or any other teams out with um, England?
1: It was bet- it was between Fulham and, and Wigan at the time um, and then I think actually Fulham ended up pulling out because I, d- I don't actually know why so then Wigan was just bit- I spoke to Roberto in the, in the summer and I was going to Wigan no matter what just because the way, when I spoke to the man It was just He was just an eye-opener And he was It was unbelievable When I spoke to him And I went and met him And it was just It was just one of the Feelings I got That I need to go and Play and train under this guy To To um, Develop myself as a, Not not just as a player But as a person
0: That's, that's interesting in, a, in terms of Roberto Martinez Obviously He's went on to To manage Belgium And Everton And he's had a really good career And successful one
1: what was he like as a person and as a coach? I was a, he was, you know what? He, he, the way he comes across in his interviews, that's the way he is as a guy. He's a top, he was a top, top guy. He was great to me. Um, he looked after me. He was, to work him under and, under and a football essence was unbelievable. Some of his stuff tactically showed me that that's why he's he's got the Belgian job because tactically, he's honestly... he's one, he's obviously one of the best I think obviously he got Belgium to number one um, obviously he never won the World Cup but he has he got him in the number one place for the World Rankings didn't he so That's true. I think that that shows what kind of manager he is and obviously dealing with the, the players he is now um, speaks for itself at the time at Wigan he had a lot of Scottish boys but he just just the way he was everybody loved him and everybody loved coming in training every day there was, I was don't I don't remember a day that anybody moaned about training or didn't want to come in to train or like anything negative. It was just such a good place to be around, especially and for me moving from Aberdeen to the Premier League, which let's be honest, everybody from from in, in the UK would, would love to play in the Premier League. Um that was that was that was obviously a dream for me. Um something I wanted to wanted to do and I think that just having the opportunity to train and 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 work under them was
0: was brilliant Could you tell having worked with him that he was going to go on to become a proper elite manager one day and I'm also interested to know what was Wigan like as a club obviously we've seen Dave Whelan on the telly quite a lot and he comes across as a very passionate bubbly guy and sadly he's no longer involved with the club but what was Wigan like in general and could you tell how good Roberto was and what was the club like Uh, It
1: was brilliant Um, with Roberto obviously I I was quite young, um, so obviously I had the likes of Gary Caldwell, Sean Maloney, Ben Watson. These boys spoke every day about football, and I just sat and usually listened. Um, sometimes I've put in my tuppence worth, but you, you listen to these guys because um, they've obviously experienced boys, worked under some really good managers. And then the way they spoke about Roberto, I think, said for me, it said it all like Sean had been at Villa, he'd also been at Celtic. Same, Gary's obviously been at uh, Gary Caldwell's obviously been at Celtic, so he worked under some really good managers, and the way they spoke about him, they spoke so highly of him. Obviously, Sean's now working with well, him at Belgium, um, so I think just listening to these boys, I, I knew that I was working with a top top manager. And when he went to Everton, it was no surprise to anybody. Um, Wigan as a football club was absolutely superb at the time; it was a good place to be. Everybody was happy. It felt it was a proper family club. Um, people just got on. It was a, it was tight-knit. Um, we had a good dressing room at the time. So we had, we actually, we had a lot of Spanish boys, um, foreign players as well, which it, it didn't feel like that. It was a real, real good feel to the dressing room.
0: In terms of your start at Wigan, um, you were kind of made to accept League Cup appearances and, and, and been on the bench in the Premier League. Was it frustrating yeah. um, at the start going from being a regular at Aberdeen and one of the star players to being a wee bit more sporadic at Wigan at first?
1: Of course it was. Um, but I realised after a month or two that I need to get up to speed and the manager actually sat me down and said, look, it's going to take you four or five months to get up to speed. I'm going to give you that time. Could he done that with everybody that he signed? Because tactically, he wanted just to know exactly what he wanted and what he wanted in games. So he done that with most players, and that that's what he, that's what he did with me as well. And you, know, I've never I've never learned so much from a coach in my life than I have from him. Um, from there, you <coughs> sorry. From there, you
0: made the squads regularly, and, and you were on the bench for the iconic FA Cup final against Man City in 2013 um, what I yeah. want to know is be honest did you Roberto the boys did you think you had any chance at all against a team like City with Tevez Aguero and Vincent Company?
1: you know what <laughs> the funny thing is Roberto convinced us that we were going to beat them that day and tactically we had played them a few weeks before and we would played really really well and he, we worked on tactics all week and how we were going to play against him. And he'd done this every week, but he was, it was really, really detailed. And I think he's went into a couple of explanations and a few interviews how he's done it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to tell you that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think he got it spot on in the day. And I think every man that walked on that pitch for Wigan that day was played out of their skin. And I think we actually really deserved to win
0: the game, I would agree. having watched it. Um, I think obviously with Man City that was uh, Roberto Man City's last game. And to be honest with you, you guys showed not just heart and passion, but you were really good in the day. And and I remember um, Callum McManaman. I think he had a really good final as well. Um, what was the game? Yeah, itself?
1: He, he, Sorry. he was he came on to and he he, he put in Roberto put him in a team in January and he was just on flames for six months. He was unbelievable.
0: And in, in the cup final he, he tore I think it was Gail Clichy yeah. honestly Gil Clichy was in his pocket that day in terms of the game itself what's the build up like to an FA Cup final Is the, obviously I imagine the, the media coverage is insane and obviously um, in the build up how did Roberto prepare in terms of as you say it was very detailed but was it quite relaxed as well did he try and keep a lid on things or was he just emphasising relaxed. Him? very relaxed
1: every he he was a very relaxed man um, in terms of he wanted wanted you to feel calm he wanted you to feel comfortable he wanted you to feel confident and that was that was the way he got you he he was I never felt obviously the boys the more experienced boys knew what they were going into when us younger lads were a bit more I don't think we we realised what we were going into and what we obviously achieved in the end but I didn't like take that into perspective at the time. Um, but and no, nobody was really, really nervous before the game. Well, I don't remember anyway. I was looking at all the boys thinking, I, we've got a really good feeling here. And, and that, that's how it ended up.
0: What do you remember from the game itself and where you gutted not to go on at all in the end?
1: Uh, what do I remember from the game? I just remember that, well... The two things I remember is the corner going in and us scoring. <laughs> <laughs> that was the two main things. <laughs> and awesome. then, it just, the place just erupted. Um, I couldn't believe it at the time. It was just, it was unbelievable. I was actually coming on. I got told, I um, took my shirt off, got my, uh, train, took my training top off, put a top on. It went up the pitch and he's like, oh, just wait there, wait five minutes because we were, felt like we had a bit of momentum so we're not at the pitch corner goal, just told me to sit back down <laughs> <laughs> that was quite funny actually now that I think about it but it was just, it was, it was an unbelievable experience and something that i will also cherished for the rest of my days
0: Obviously, um, what was the reaction like at full time? Obviously there was sheer jubilation and, and excitement but for you guys and Roberto, yeah. was it just a case of such a tight-knit group of boys, good, honest boys, but with a lot of talent as well? It was the kind of master plan had came together?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, obviously, we had very talented players, but I think the tactics on the day were spot on, and just everybody was delighted for each other in the end. It was it was, it was brilliant. It was absolutely superb. It was, it was as I say, it was a, a, a fantastic experience that not many people get to
0: experience. Oh, absolutely, and especially at Wembley in front of a full house. Um, what's it like lifting the FA Cup? How did you feel when you lifted it? I'd imagine a man's pride and random question, but is it quite heavy?
1: <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember it's heavy Um But, like, I, as I say it was. I, I, I probably didn't put it in perspective at the time. I just couldn't. I think only now that I think about it I think, I've had my hands on that trophy, I've got a medal, it's brilliant. Like I was a part of it Okay I never played But I was a part of it I ah, so of course Brilliant And I'll, I'll obviously As I say I'll I'll cherish it forever
0: In terms of the Celebrations afterwards I'm imagining You had a really good night out Or a, a couple of days out after it
1: You know what We never um, No Because We were in the relegation battle oh, it was
0: the The league game and was the
1: next it, week I think it was the I think it was the first year That they had changed the FA Cup Before the end of the season so before the... It's usually the last game of the season, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so, that's true. But we had Arsenal on this Tuesday after the Saturday. Which we went to Emirates and then got relegated. So it kind of took the... It didn't take it away from it, but it took it. The fact that we won it on the Saturday and then got relegated on Tuesday was a bit... I can't even describe how, how we felt at the time. It was, it was really strange.
0: As you say, I think... That When you actually think back to that now No wonder they changed it Because As a fan I think When you think on it That's terrible To, to kind of Give Wigan The best Let's be honest The best day in the club's history And then a couple of days later Have yeah. to go and suffer relegation When you think back to that Whoever came up with that Really yeah. needs to have a look at it <laughs> Well,
1: They obviously got it wrong But Look it's, It is It is what it is Um but obviously, to win, to win, to win, to be part of it, um, was, was was superb.
0: In terms of the return to Wigan and open-top bus celebrations, what was that like? Was it just yeah. absolutely carnage to be part of it?
1: Ah, it was. It was. It was superb. The open-top bus was brilliant. Um, I think the full of Wigan was there, so I think like you—you can't describe the experiences. It's—it's it's just a wee bit surreal. It. Well, I'm. I'm I'm delighted. I've, I've managed to experience a couple of them, so um, it's 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 just it's something nice that if you can experience this, then people know what you mean.
0: Definitely. And the next question, um, sorry, the next question you might not want to answer, and that's fine. Um, and obviously, I'm not looking for specific numbers or anything daft. It's just did the club and Dave Whelan reward the players way in, in any kind of big way for winning the cup?
1: Well you always, at, at every club you kind of get, uh, you set your bonuses at the start of the season So that was that was already set, the, the captain and all that always organised that So that's something that, that happens at every football club
0: In terms of like, uh, a big holiday for the boys or anything Was that something that the club or Dave Wheeling organised or was it just the normal bonuses?
1: That was just normal bonuses, yeah
0: That's fair enough Um, obviously with the club being relegated to the championship did you feel that at that point you were going to get far more opportunities in the first team?
1: Yeah I did yeah I thought I was going to I thought I was going to get in and I had probably the best pre-season of my life Um, to to put a print in terms that I thought I was getting in the team and then all of a sudden first game of the season I'm not even in the in the In the squad, so but obviously the manager at the time had had his own ideas, went to total experience, um, and then I kind of knew after a couple of games that I was going to have to I was going to have to go either on loan or leave.
0: I'm going to just get back a wee a wee touch there in terms of something I meant to ask was, obviously um, after the club were relegated and also having won the FA Cup, Roberto Martinez left the club for Everton. Do you remember what he said yeah. to yourself and the players as he left and just how gutted were you and the whole club?
1: He just, he came in and just, well, we kind of all knew it because there was a lot of rumours that it was going to happen after well, after, after the season ended. So we kind of knew it was going to happen. Um, but he got, me a, he got me a nice message. Well, I dropped him a message, he messaged me back and it was just kind of like, all the best and stick in and he, he was really good as I say he was a really positive guy and helpful for me so um, I just obviously wished him on the best getting that on job was brilliant for having done well with him and then obviously going on to the, the Belgium thing was, was been it's, it's great to see guys do stuff like
0: that obviously we were talking about um, when Wigan were um, relegated to the championship and you thought you would get obviously more opportunities you had such a great pre-season yeah. and then you get the shock of not being on the squad you then had loan spells at Yeovil and Shrewsbury. What were your thoughts on those spells? Were they frustrating? And what was the championship in League One like?
1: I just, I didn't enjoy my loan spells. I just, I, I just um, had my little boy at the time when I went to Yeovil. And then I ended up, obviously, she was in Manchester with, the, with my, my, my oldest son now. And then I was in Yeovil, which is like a four-hour drive or something. So it just, I just didn't fit. And after the first game, I ripped, the shoulder ligaments In my, my Well my shoulder ligaments So I went up Back up the line For six weeks And then went back down For a week And then That was kind of The end of it After that
0: After that Obviously You went to Shrewsbury um, Was that yeah. loan spell Also frustrating And and how was that In general
1: <laughs> It was frustrating such that A manager expected me To, to be And play 90 minutes And I've not played in Probably what, like the best part of a year, properly and uh, consistently. So, for four, I went there for four games and I, I really didn't enjoy it. So, it's kind of the case that, like, right, I'm going to cut this loan spell short. And uh, well, to be fair, it was only for a month anyway. And then I came, I went back to Wigan again. And then I kind of knew after that, like, I'm going
0: to have to find um, a club to go to. Obviously. This is, this, I, I, Sorry, obviously you went back to Wigan as you've said, and there was interest in Scotland um, for you, and you chose to sign for Hibs under Alan Stubbs. Um, was there? Other, yeah. Was there other interest in you, and was Hibs always the club when you had your options that you wanted to join? Yeah, there was a, there was a there was
1: a couple of options I had um, in England, but I just wanted to go back. I just I don't I didn't know what it was. I just wanted to go. I just had my little boy, uh, my missus was due and our baby, my, well, my second a wee girl, and then I just wanted to go closer at home and I just thought Alan Stubbs, I know a few of the boys at Hibs, I just I, and the ex youth team manager, John Dolan, the reserve manager, sorry at Wigan, went was Stubbs' assistant. Yeah. So that kind of cut it for me. I thought, right, I'm going there. And I went up and had a conversation with Leanne Denster, George Craig, Alan Stocks, John. And that was it. I signed for, I think no, I was signed for six months.
0: Yeah, just it was... to go and get
1: playing and just to prove myself again. Because you don't realise when you, when you stop playing with people, forget about you.
0: Um, at, the, at the end of the season, you signed a new two-year deal um, as a reward for your good form. How did that feel? Um, yeah. And what was it like playing for Hibs in the Championship? Was it like every other team's cup yeah. final?
1: Um, to sign for Hibs at the time, I was delighted because for the six months I loved every minute of it. I couldn't fault it at all the manager was brilliant. The club is it's it's a it's a fantastic football club, and the people behind it are still there now. I have I top people. Um, so to sign the two-year deal was kind of like I'm, I'm I'm signing it 100%. I had no I had no second thoughts about it. So. I didn't. I didn't care that it was in the championship in Scotland. I just watched the go play, and we had such a stubs and obviously the, the, the Hibs both and and the manager and assistants put such a good team together. Um, that I was. I was just excited. It was great to be a part of, and the dressing room and the boys. It was. It was brilliant.
0: Obviously. Um... After um, joining Hibs, the 15-16 season um, was disappointing in the league, but um, obviously it was a season under Stubbs that no high will ever forget after um, you and the club won the Scottish Cup against Rangers. Um, What was the run to that final like? What was the what, sorry? Uh, What was the um, run to that final like, Um, as in round-on-round?
1: what no, i kind of we had that feeling that we were just going to get there we had obviously i think we played hearts and the replay didn't we yeah and
0: then
1: um, we played semi-final against Dundee united well we were terrible on the day um Conrad logan kept us in it we were terrible and um just as well because nobody remembers semi-finals <laughs> that's
0: true
1: but we went we went through it. we went through it and uh, on penalties, I think it was yeah 14 two pens and yeah so we we scrape we actually scraped through with a poor poor performance on the day and um, obviously getting to the cup final that that speaks for itself that was that was <laughs> that was an unbelievable experience
0: and um, obviously for Hibs going into the cup final it had been over hundred years since the club had last won the Scottish Cup. What was the week leading up to the final like? Obviously, because they hadn't won the Cup in so long and they'd been beating 5-1 by Hearts in the final a few years earlier. Was there a lot of pressure? How did Stubbs and yourself handle it?
1: I don't think many players from the 5-1 game were actually in, in the squad still. Um, there was only a few. So, I don't think boys actually thought about that at all. That's I think close. that the build-up to the week was brilliant. We would played Rangers, I think, five times already. This was the final time we we're gonna play them. I think they'd beat us three times, we had beat them two times. So we knew we could beat them. Um, but they obviously they're a good side and but we had the run up of we, we kept playing and they had a break. They had a break but I think a two week break before the cup final. So we thought that's that's great for us obviously we were spewing that we obviously lost in the playoffs again. Um but we, we, we knew we had to make up for it in the cup final and we just had that feeling like this is it and everyone was saying, oh you're going to Hibs it again and um, old, that was the old saying that you're going to have it and, and miss out and because obviously we, we lost in the, the other cup that year as well in the final yeah. um, so I think we, we had that feeling in the game that we could win and even when Andy Harley scored that goal I still felt we could come back and we came back brilliantly and as a team we, we were absolutely superb, man for man for the day.
0: I'm interested to know, um, as a fan, did you sleep well the night before the game or was it just such excitement that it was hard to sleep?
1: No, I slept, slept absolutely fine, yeah. No problem. I actually had I actually, um, done my medial. So uh, the week before I had struggled with my medial for, um, throughout the season because I'd done it. My um, only the season, uh, so I had to take a couple. Of, I think I took three injections in my knee that day, just to play. Um, but the manager came up to me and was like, oh, "You're right to play. I was a hundred percent." Gareth was like, "You won't, you can't come off." So I was like, "Gareth, I'm no coming off today. Don't worry." So um, my knee was hanging, but I could put injections in. so I couldn't feel a thing, and I, I, to be fair, I was fine the full game. So I think adrenaline just got me through it. Uh, it was, it was a severe, it was a brilliant experience. Like it was. The build-up The week the, Everything about it Went well So it was, it was It was set for us to do Do
0: you remember Alan Stubbs' team talk um, Before the
1: game? No I, I don't remember a thing I, I can't remember What he said But Stubbs He was always very relaxed And He was always calm And spoke well He never made you feel nervous He always felt you make you feel like Like you were the best player in the team He'd make everybody feel like that so I think that was obviously one of his great traits that he had for us that he made feel made everybody feel brilliant. And I think we all went into that game feeling feeling good and fresh and I think we, we were we were as I say a man for man on the day it was absolutely
0: superb. Obviously we'll talk now about the <coughs> the game itself. Um you led three minutes in through Anthony Stokes. Um what was the noise like in the stadium when that first goal went in?
1: Oh it was electric. It was absolutely electric. The atmosphere was outstanding. Uh, it was by far the best atmosphere I've played in. Um obviously you got fifty thousand fans there. It's it's superb. Um, obviously taking half the stadium each, so it was great. I think Obviously, as well, against Rangers, against the old firm, you're definitely an underdog there. Obviously a huge football club. Um but we, we were very confident with ourselves, and just the three goals were, every time we scored, I just felt we could, we could score again, we could score again, because I don't think their back four was very good at the time.
0: Well, obviously, um, it was a mental game, one nil, 1-1 one each, um, Rangers went 2-1 up, Stokes equalises, then, obviously, we'll now come to that iconic moment where, as the Hibs fans call him, Sir David Gray, um, scored that famous goal um, Where were you i oh, sorry <clears throat> Where were Where were you On the pitch When that goal went in And how How loud was the noise And as soon as he scored Obviously did you just know This is it We've finally done it
1: I think I was about I think I was about Five yards away And then just went off him. <laughs> so It was it was brilliant I just jumped straight Into the crowd Where Dave was I tried to jump on him I think I missed him <laughs> I can't quite remember, but um, mm-hmm. it was that, that we knew we'd won it then. That was obviously so late in the game Aye. that all we had we had to hold on for like three or four minutes. I think I can't can't remember, but it's uh, we we knew we had it then. Obviously scoring that late, absolute sucker punch uh, for Rangers at the time. Um, and then obviously the rest is history, isn't it?
0: Well, as you say, absolutely. And the full time whistle went. The the scenes were absolutely. Obviously quite mental on the pitch, we'll not talk about that But the FIBS fans obviously after going so long without seeing the club win that trophy were, were buzzing How was it receiving your medal yeah. and lifting the Scottish Cup? Just how proud were you and how delighted?
1: It was definitely the proudest moment I've had in my career in terms of I felt like, obviously I think the FA Cup was a great experience But I never, I never played, so I didn't feel I was like really, really part of it in terms of when you when you're playing, you're on the pitch. You've got that feeling, of, that just that sense of pride that you played in that game and you were a big part of it on yeah. the day. And yeah, it was it was brilliant, it was superb, and I just think that every man for the day and lifting the um, was brilliant and lifting the cup was unbelievable experience. Obviously, the crowd at the end singing sunshine on leafa. I, I don't think anybody at the game at the time. Or watching on telly, will forget that atmosphere. I think it was obviously it was, it was the best atmosphere I've seen.
0: Well, oh, absolutely. And in terms of the the sunshine on leaf, them, um, what a, just the, the the noise that that you could see people in tears, and it was just incredible watching it on the telly that day for me. Um, when you hear that song now, does it give you goosebumps and remind you of that day?
1: No, yeah, well, my daughter still plays it in the car every morning on the way to school, so. <laughs> I'm doing. I'll, I'll, I'll ever forget.
0: I'm I'll it forget. <laughs> um, that summer, Alan Stubbs, following the success, leaves for Rotherham. I'm interested to know: Did yeah. Alan try and sign you for Rotherham, and how did you in the dressing room react to him leaving?
1: No, I don't think. I don't think Gaffer was allowed to sign anybody. I think maybe that was, I don't know if that was a part of his agreement, but I know he didn't try and sign anybody. So I can only presume that it was yeah. a part of his agreement. Um, So, he never to aside me and obviously I was gutted when he left absolutely gutted um, but I think he obviously felt at the time well I've just won the Scottish Cup but these guys haven't won in, in so many years and what else could he do um, so you know he obviously wanted to go and try his hand down in England so that's what he did and, yeah fair
0: enough <clears throat> um, obviously Stubbs was replaced by Neil Lennon which obviously Neil's in an iconic figure in Scottish football for his time at Celtic and yeah. um, obviously he's a very passionate guy how did you and the dressing room react to hearing Neil was coming in were you excited were you buzzing had you spoken to anyone that had worked under him before
1: I've not we, I, no, I hadn't spoken to anybody I, I think obviously just um, obviously the guy obviously a Celtic legend he's been manager a Celtic he came back up from Bolton um, I think it was it was tough for him I don't think the club was in a good place at the time um, it, it was great it was great obviously getting that that kind of figure to walk through your doors and be a manager brilliant it was the same as Stubbs obviously being like, button. Um, it Celtic was, it, it was
0: brilliant for us um, what was life under Neil Lennon like on a daily basis um, was he a funny guy was he a hands-on coach and um, just how good how good a person is he
1: I I really, got a, I've got a lot of time for him. I think, I think he was brilliant. It was great for me. Obviously, his knowledge. And I played. This, he played me in the same position that that he played. Um, so he just gave me little tips here and there. It was great for me. It was enjoyable to work under. He, he made you work. Don't get me wrong. His his training was hard. It was tough. Doesn't matter if it was a day before the game. You you'd be training hard. Um, and that's how he'd expect you to play. And he, he, he's a he's a proper winner. That's what he is. is, is that the levels that he's obviously been used to is the levels he tried to set at Hibs and I think he did set that. Obviously we went on to, to win the league that year with him. Um, but I think he, he was definitely different in terms of he'd test you psychologically, he'd, tef- he'd, he'd, he'd see what you're made of. That's 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 what he did and I think obviously the team that we had, he knew he had a good, good set of players. Um, and obviously,
0: as I say, we went on. We went on to win the league that year. As you say, you won the league that year. Hibs um, finally won promotion back to the top flight, where let's be honest, they belong. And um, I'm interested to know, Jason Cummins was a big player that season. How good a player was he, and just how mental is Jason Cummins?
1: I, I don't think he's as mental as everybody makes him out to be. He's a proper, he's a proper, proper next nice lad. Um, He's a. don't get me wrong. He's a character around the place. A good, good guy to have about. Um, but he's he was a proper finisher. I everything I in training, he was on. He was on flames for a few seasons, and he just everything he touched was goals Doesn't matter if it was in training or in games. He just touched. He just touched the ball. go in. or he'd be there like placing the ball with him and going. That's just that's uh, just how he was at the time, and he was great for us. And obviously, he was a good lad to have about as well. Well, as you say, I'm intre-
0: I'm actually um, interested that you've said that because. He's portrayed, as you know, as is, is a bit of a madman But it's nice to hear that That's maybe more of a persona and a media impression Than the actual truth Because he's some player And as you say I remember that season As you say, every single game You would check the hip scoring It would be Cummins goal Or Cummins double Or Cummins hat-trick And that season he was sensational Yeah, he, he was, yeah And as I, and I was say, that's how he was he, just, he was so confident for a
1: goal He was, just, and he, he was a good, good finisher Everything he touched, as I say, just, just went into the back of it. He was just unstoppable at times.
0: Following promotion, you left tips for Dundee United. Why did you choose to make that move?
1: Yeah. Um, it was more personal reasons than anything. Um, in terms of a footballing decision, uh, probably the worst decision I've made in football. Um, in terms of football, I, I should have stayed. But in terms of family... Um, a, a few issues that I won't go into at, at the time. I, I I had to go. Uh, it was it was just something that I, I I don't know something that didn't quite sit right. Um, and obviously a few I was, I was I was a lot of personal reasons behind it, that that mm-hmm. I just it just in the end it just didn't happen. It wasn't the fact that I didn't want to really go anywhere else. I didn't want to. I, there was no clubs in for me or anything like that. I kind of stalled at it, um, which was probably well, it, was a, it was a poor decision at the time, and um, it's just. But it's, it's, it's lessons you learn now, It's something I've learned from now that obviously when you're at a club like Habs, you don't leave unless you go. To, uh, as I say, you don't you don't leave unless you go to Old Farm or You get you get a better club, but I don't think there's many out there.
0: That's very true, and interested to know you. Obviously, Ray McKinnon signed you for um, Dundee United. What was he like as a manager, and yeah. what did he say um, when signing you that made you think I want to play for him and play for Dundee United? Ray was brilliant with me, and because
1: I could travel from Aberdeen to Dundee, it was it was it was it was, it was an easy it was an easy thing for me to do. Um, so I had a f- I had a few things, I could uh I Had a few offers that I could have done, but I just didn't. As I say, I was I was personal reasons. I needed to go home. Yeah. Um. So it just sat well, and Ray was brilliant. Obviously, from from when I walked through the door, he made me feel at home. He made it was it was great under him. I don't think he actually got enough time. We were sitting in the league at a time, and then they sacked him for some odd reason. It was it was a strange one. Um. But we he had us he had us after. Obviously, we didn't start well, but when he got sacked we were just starting to really hit form and, and it was it was just a bit strange.
0: In your time at Dundee United, especially under Ray, you played alongside two very well-known footballers and big personalities, Willow Flood and Scott McDonald. What were they like as players and yeah. people and what were they like in the dressing room?
1: They're both brilliant guys, but I'd class them as very two two good mates now that I've got in um, Willow and um, Scott McDonald who's obviously Australia that I still keep in touch with regularly so two, Scott McDonald very big personality expected standards obviously the clubs he'd been at Celtic Middlesbrough Rulwell, he, he, he'd he been about um, Southampton as well he, he obviously he really expected the boys to be up to standard and set standards for himself which were high and I got on really well um, Willow was a bit more relaxed he was a bit more a funny character but again a great good very good To have in a dressing room And uh, they, they were great with me And obviously As I say Good good friends with them now How did um, <coughs> Sorry
0: How did Hibs compare With Dundee United As a club What were the similarities What were the differences
1: um, At the time I, I think Dundee United Had been through A hard time To be fair I didn't I don't want you to compare, compare the two and, uh, at, at that moment At that moment There was Hibs was um, from when they were relegated, obviously, Hibs had really stripped back. And when Stubbs had come in, they started putting things together again. They had the plan. They had Liam Dempster in, they had George Craig, they had um, obviously Rod Peter, who was running it. They had obviously a plan in place of of, of how they were going to go about things. I think when I came into Dundee United, Dundee United, I didn't start putting, they were just trying to get back up without really putting really big plans in place. Um, so, at the time obviously we've got great training ground, it's a good football club and enjoyed it, but I d I, I don't think we quite had had the team to to maybe go to go up that year as well.
0: Obviously, in your time at Dundee United, sadly you suffered a, a second crucial um injury. Um how tough was that yeah. mentally? And be honest, did you ever feel like giving up because it was such a tough thing to come back from the first time? Never mind doing that second?
1: Yeah, it was hard to take because I had found form that I'd hit at, at Hibs in terms of, I don't think, at the start of the season when Lenny came in, I hurt really top form and then I got injured. I was out for like 10 weeks um, and then didn't really recover that season um, from really coming back from that injury. It took me a while. I ripped my, my adductor right off the bone. Um, so it took me a while to come back for that, and then obviously going to United, I had I'd just I think Shabba Laszlo came in, yeah. I'd had top top form, and we were playing some really good stuff. Um, and then obviously that to happen two days, twenty third of December it was, um, it, it was horrendous. It was it, and it was it was probably the hardest thing I've had to do in terms of, mentally for me, in terms of coming back from that it was tough.
0: Really tough. You mentioned obviously Shaba Laszlo, and you signed a new two-year deal at Dundee United, um, which which obviously was looking promising. What was Shaba like as a person and as a manager? And obviously, I'm not trying to lead you down a, a certain path, but in the media, it's re- it's been reported his coaching methods can be a bit. Let's just say, not the most conventional. Um, was that is that impression from the outside looking in true?
1: I had a really good relationship with him. I, I, I enjoyed, obviously, I have, he was very tactical and don't get me wrong, he was he was a bit different in terms of the way he, he had meetings in the mornings for like 30 minutes and it would be every morning. That was probably the biggest bit that I didn't quite understand. Um, but in terms of on the training ground, some of the stuff he did was, was really good. Um, in the end, it just didn't quite work out for him. That was the that thing, was but don't, he, was a, he was a lovely, lovely guy.
0: That's good to hear, and obviously another character um, to mention is Bill Elmoshney, he arrived, wore the number 91 jersey yeah. um, What was he like as a guy, what was his ability like? Um... He was good
1: for us, obviously I was watching from the stand at that point so I didn't play with him, um, but he was good for us he was a lo- lovely, lovely fella in the dressing room, good to have about very professional, very um, professional so he, he, he was great
0: to have about, and he was really good for us um, up until the end of the season when he left. Obviously now, looking back, Fraser, how would you sum up your spell at Dundee United? You, you, you kind of hinted at it there, that in hindsight, had things been different in your life, which we won't get into, you would have liked to have stayed at Hibbs, but obviously for personal reasons, the move was a necessity. Um, looking back, if things in your personal life hadn't been um, as such to make you have to go home,
1: would you have stayed at Hibs, and do you regret having to leave Hibs? Um, I don't think I've got I've got no regrets. Don't get me wrong. Um, but as I said before, in terms of footballing decision, a hundred percent sure I signed my three year deal. There was no question. I don't. I think I was the only guy get offered a three year deal at the time. Um, because obviously I, for the two and a half years I'd been there, I'd performed every time I'd been on the pitch. I, 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 played really well. Um. I had cemented my, my kinda my place in the team every time I was each time I was fit. Um so I think in football footballing terms hundred percent. Um that, that deal should have been signed, but as a I, I took it into, as a whole at the time and says, right, what's best not just for me but for my two kids at the time and, mm-hmm. and my missus so and the other things that a few other people that I had to go and uh, look after, so I just yeah. thought, right, like, this is the best thing for us for at the minute. So, taking it's not just about me anymore, it's no, about of course. my family. So, that, that's, that's where I made that decision from.
0: Obviously, um, I'll be honest, um, I'm based in Inverclyde and go to Morton Games um, as well um, as, as much as I can, as well as Celtic Games, and being Covering the basically going to games in the championship, I myself and lots of people I spoke to at at Morton in terms of other fans were stunned when you came when you went to Dundee United because you'd done so well with Hibs and we were also guys I've spoken to um, in terms of fellow fans were shocked to see that you um, joined Cove Rangers in League Two and obviously Cove are very ambitious and Paul Hartley is um, a massive name in football. How did that move come about and why Cove Rangers?
1: Uh, well, basically, Robbie Nielsen decided to cancel my contract. Um, but I had a clause in it that the club could cancel it if they wanted to. Um, obviously, after doing my cruise ship, the club, wanted some sort of a thing in there. So I was like, yeah, that's, that's fine at the time. Um, so I came back from a cruise ship uh, and I didn't... I'd played... I'd came back early... And then I played a few games and dipped a little bit of form. Um, as I say, to come back from a cruise you're talking, people say, oh, you're back in nine months. You're back in nine months, but it takes you nine months, maybe more, to get actually back to full fitness, plus just like getting the fear out of your head of going to tackle. So I've got two cruise now. All that kind of mental blocks that you have, you have to get over them as well. And um, Obviously, Robbie Nielsen obviously came out of time and um, he just went, big and strong and that's obviously the way his teams are set up so he, I just didn't quite suit his style so we kind of both we never I never fell out with him we, we had a, a good relationship so we kind of just he just put me on the bench and it was kind of he went my um, style of pretty um, long ball quite physical we had most boys te- most boys in the team were, were big strong boys and obviously that 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 style of football didn't quite suit me. So, that, that, and that was at the end of the day when when he when he called me at the end of the season and says um, I'm going to cancel your contract. I was happy to leave. I was no qualms. I just went and said bye to everybody, and and that was the end of it. And we shook hands, and, and, and the rest was history. I was there was no falling out. There was nothing. There was nothing to it. It was uh as I say it was just a bit. I I I'd, I'd probably not recovered quite from a um, injury um, at the time. Um, it probably took me up until about March um, to get fully fit, which at the time obviously he couldn't be wait. He didn't want to wait about for for me. Also, he's got he had to try and get promoted, which he nearly achieved. So, um, uh, as I say, you- managers are entitled to their opinions, and you just kind of you get on with it as a player, and um, you move on from it.
0: Um, obviously, you moved as I've said to to lead two Cove Rangers who are a very ambitious club, promoted last season, Paul Hartley's now the manager, very high profile. Um, What made you go to Cove and what did Paul Hartley say to convince you to join them?
1: I didn't, I I was, well, I I had a team to go to, I was actually um, at a team in Greece at the time, out there, training with a team in Greece and then um, I, I could have signed for them but I, I, obviously, my missus was pregnant again, so I've just had my third baby, so I, I couldn't go. Um, so, Cole let me come in and train the full summer when I wasn't um, away. So, uh, in, in Greece for that few weeks. So I think it, it was just it was just the right move for me, and to just go and play games and prove to people that because a lot of people doubt you when you do two cruciates, and you think obviously some people have their opinions again. Um, I just go and prove that I can play on a plastic pitch. I'm fully fit. I can mm-hmm. run. I can move freely again, which I'm which I'm able to do. And Colv gave me that platform to go and do that. Um, and you know what? I I really enjoyed myself. And obviously Paul's been brilliant. I know the chairman well. Um, so it's 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 one of them. Look, don't get me wrong. I'd I'd love to stop be playing full time football, but I think situations happen sometimes, and and you go go what
0: you've got. Um, well, that's, that's very interesting in terms of You've mentioned there um, obviously You'd obviously like to get back to full-time football um, Obviously you're part-time with Cove Have you got another job on the side at the moment Or have, or have you just focusing on the football with Cove solely? Um, at the minute, no I've not got nothing at
1: the minute, no I, I've, uh, It's something I will look into oh, I'm looking into currently Obviously I'm doing my coaching licences as well um, So I'm currently on my B licence which I'm, I'm very keen to do and obviously I want to go on to my my A licence and then eventually go on to my UEFA product that's the plan to do that um, and one thing I have realised is once you're out of the game you miss it I'm, I'm not at it full time just now so I, I miss the full time aspect of it definitely I think I probably didn't realise that until I came out it in the summer um, and it's, 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 it's everyone says it's the best job in the world and I'll, I'll probably agree with that now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, what's Paul Hartley like as both a person and as a coach?
1: Paul's great. Um, obviously, I played with Paul when he was at Aberdeen. He looked after me yeah. as a kid. So he was playing at Arlo with me when I did my 2 and he looked after me. It was So I know Paul quite well and uh, he, he tried to sign me when he was at Dundee. So uh, uh, we have a good relationship, as I say, and obviously his... Um, knowledge of the game and that it's good to come play under them and obviously we're doing well so far this season and long may it continue
0: um, Final question Um, on Cove is what's the club's ambitions over the next few years and what are your ambitions for the future State Cove do your coaching in the background um, maybe combine both roles or is it the ambition for you see how this season goes and look for full time again
1: um, I think obviously the club will, club have ambition, but I don't think I'm the the person to ask about that. Obviously the chairman and the manager um, will tell you where the club want to go. Yeah. Um, I think that it's a good place to be. I think it's a prop, it's a proper football club in terms of the way it's run. Us, it's it's they're doing have they a mechanic part time level to 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 do things properly. Um, in terms of my ambition, I think that, don't get me wrong, I think when you play full-time football, and obviously, look, I've had two Christian injuries, I don't know if the opportunity is going to be there um, for me to go back full-time. So one thing I am doing this now is looking outside of football in terms of what can I do, but don't get me wrong if, if the right opportunity... Um, was to rise after, after the season. Obviously, I've got a year with Cove. So, um, I think that, I don't know, I'd, I'd, I'd consider it. But, it, it, obviously, you'd have, you have to have that options first. So, I think that, it's it's up in the air at the minute with me. That's one thing I'm really, really thinking about at the minute, is is what do you do after football? Because, um, obviously, I've seen a few articles over the last few weeks with Shea Logan and stuff. He's doing plumbing. Yeah. And, it's just a short career and it's only now that I've probably realised that um, in terms of like if I didn't do my two crochets I'd probably still be full time so but things happen and you have to just face it head on and get on with so I think it's it's up in the air at the minute in terms of um, what I'm going to do And I, but I'm definitely going to try and go down the coaching side of things because it's one thing that I, I'm doing at the minute and I'm obviously taking COP 20s and taking Colt 17s. Uh, I'm to go in and um, watch Aberdeen sessions in terms of their youth, youth teams so that's something I'm doing at the minute so I'm, I'm keeping myself busy in terms of that because I love football um, and I, I, I want to stay in it as long as I can so I think that obviously the coaching side is going to be a big part of it for me and I think that's, that's one thing I want to do whether I want to be a manager or not, I don't know yet I think I want to go and, and work and learn because and, it's different from playing um, so it's, it's something I'm keen to go and learn about and just really um, get knowledge as much as possible on the game in terms of coaching side this while, now while I'm part-time
0: That sounds interesting and Having watched as a player, you're a really good midfielder. You've, you've got, um, obviously, technical ability. And as you've said, the long ball, hustle and bustle doesn't suit you. And as a fan, it's not something long ball football I particularly enjoy watching. That's why I've enjoyed um, watching yourself and your career. Um, the last main question I want to ask you is um, about your time with the Scotland Under-21s. What was that yep. like compared to club football? And when you played with the Scotland Under-21s, who were the players that impressed you the most during that spell?
1: Um, it, it was good it was good just to get away from your club sometimes obviously I was at Wigan when I was playing for 21 so I wasn't playing regular football and I think obviously you get I think well my team was Ryan Jack it was Stuart Armstrong it was Carl McGregor um, I think Kenny McLean was in it as well there I, I was, I was a lot of good players in it still playing so at yeah, top top level so it was was a good experience in terms of that. Um, Obviously, I was on on good form at the time, being at Wigan, obviously, learning all these new things from the bottom. It was a good experience Um, obviously to play for the the A-team as the is the thing you want to achieve, but I've one thing I've not achieved that, but one thing I would say is that I'm absolutely over the moon for boys like Sean Armstrong, like Ryan Jack, Kenny McLean, Stephen O'Donnell's boys that you've came through with to see them put on the jerseys. It's superb, obviously, it's something I would love to do, but um, not being able to do. But when you see boys like that um, that you've played with you've got good relationships with, it's great.
0: I'll finish we a round of um, quick fire questions, is that okay? Yeah, fire on.
1: Um, who's the best players you've played
0: with? Best player? Best
1: players or player? Sean Maloney? Why Sean? Sean Maloney and uh, James McCarthy.
0: And what made them so good? Um,
1: McCarthy made the game look simple. Um, obviously he was uh, went to Everton obviously I think he was going to Arsenal and, that, and been linked to Manchester United before he'd broken his leg at Everton. Um, he was on fire, but he just made the game look easy, and he he was as I say he made the game look easy, and his awareness and his passing, and he he was really good off the ball in terms of positional. He won back the ball for you, and just just play easy, simple, simple passes that, that were effective.
0: In terms of obviously Sean Maloney, um, you've said he was one yeah. of the best players. Obviously, you you've said today that. Coaching is something you're interested in. Does Sean's story inspire you and you see somebody you've you've reached out to for some advice in coaching?
1: Of course it is, yeah. Like seeing obviously Sean going but Sean's had a great career as well and obviously he's going he he went Celtic youth side, didn't he? And then yeah. now he's obviously at Belgium Roberto. But he's obviously working his working his way in coaching as well. And that's something obviously I'd like to follow and seeing obviously how to he's, he's a he's a top top guy. It's, it's great to
0: see him doing that. Um, who's the best players you've played against in your career so far?
1: Yeah, yeah, Terry was all right as well. So <laughs> I think that I played against Man City at the, the City Ground, and uh, I think they got beat five 0 So that was an experience.
0: As I say, that's the best answer I've had yet. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, <laughs> um who's? Oh, I, I I'm sorry. I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Who's the best manager you've worked under, and what made them so good?
1: No, nah, I'm going to say Roberto, and well, I Roberto Martinez, yeah.
0: Have you got another manager other than Roberto, and what made them so good as well?
1: I think just Stubbs and Lennon. Just Stubbs and Lennon were two totally different types of managers, but I think Stubbs's man management was 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 unbelievable, like, superb, and then Lennon's winning mentality was brilliant as well.
0: Are you surprised to see um, Stubbs outside the game um, at the moment, um, and do you hope to see him back in the game soon?
1: I do hope to see him back in the game because, obviously, what he done at Hibs was we all loved him, and um, I think he's probably had a couple of bad experiences that's um, not quite went for him at, at some clubs he's been at, so, uh, but I would I would love to see him back in the game and um I think that well, it's it's obviously he's out like
0: of the game at the moment, so but yeah, definitely like to see him back in the game. Um, next question, um I'm interested to know your answer. Um, feel free not to answer it. Is would you trade in your Scottish Cup winning medal with Hibs in that experience to play a major tournament for Scotland? Fair enough. Uh, it's one of the, after the day. Obviously, the the history of the club and the the experience that day, sunshine and Leaf, As we've talked about. I can understand why.
1: Yeah, I would. I would never. I would never trade
0: them that day ever for anything. Um. Next question is: What advice would you give a young player currently playing in the SPFL with lots of potential, who's linked with a move to England, based on your experience of moving to Wigan?
1: In terms of, look, if you're you're 16, 17, it's probably going to be a bit early. But if it's the right club and the right manager and they've got a plan set for you, I think then it's it's down to the individual. Um, I think you look at some players go down early and they do great. Um, and you look at players now like Kenny McLean who's obviously played the trades uh, was at Rangers got released went to St Mirren St Mirren Aberdeen bottom and then Aberdeen he's went to Norwich and done fantastic obviously Ryan Jack's now doing that at Rangers as well so they've, they're two different um, boys that are my age that I would look to to say like stay, make your trade and then you can make the big moves so I think uh, there's two ways it can go I think for me personally I went to Wigan Roberto left Kings, things kind of fell apart Owen Coyle came in changed the style completely um, and then obviously Juve Rosler came in Malky McKay came in so it, 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 down there there's such a new manager comes in wants to, all of his own players so I think that as I say it's got to be the right, right the right club the right manager the right plan for that individual and I think that that's a big thing but also for a young player from 19 to 22 23 go and play games go and play as many games as you can and, and get that under your belt and, and see where you end up
0: um, Ronaldo or Messi? Messi why Messi?
1: I just he's I love Ronaldo's hard work he's he's all hard working. he can you can see that um, and I love the fact that he has had to work for But I think that in terms of pure football ability, nobody will get ever near Messi. He's just an unbelievable watch. The way he moves with the ball and technical ability is absolutely out this world.
0: Next question is non-football related, in beach holiday or city break?
1: Beach
0: holiday. Why beach holiday?
1: Um, just to go and chill because obviously living in, in cities all the time, all year round, you just want to go away and chill out and have fun with the kids, watch the kids play on the beach, and just I uh, have a few a few beers on the beach and that. But yeah, that's that's more me.
0: That sounds good. And last question in the quickfire: Do you hope to return to Aberdeen one day in a coaching capacity or another role?
1: Do I hope to return to Aberdeen?
0: Yeah, so do you hope to return to Aberdeen one day in a coaching capacity or another role? Yes. Fair enough. Um, Thank you so much for being on the Football CFB podcast, um, Fraser. It's been a joy. Thank you. Pleasure. Thanks. So we'll dive down to the ocean and we'll make her home in a deep sea cave shells will all be open They'll be filled with song They'll be filled with song We'll dive down to the ocean And we'll make her home in a deep sea cave And our shells will all be open They'll be filled with song They'll be filled with song